Ladies and gents, Tyson Popplestone here. You're listening to the Relax Running Podcast. Uh, hey, for you Relax Running junkies out there, sorry I missed the episode last week. I had a man flu. He didn't want to listen to my blocked up voice uh, talking about running for an hour, so I thought I'd spare you and uh, and just get back out there today. So I'm, I'm almost back to 100%. I've been drinking green smoothies like they're going out of fashion, so I think that's been the magic formula. Um, before I get into what I wanted to speak about today, two quick things. First of all, uh, for those of you who have been around for a long time, you'll realize that I go through phases of you know more long-form interviews and, and then just me speaking about subjects and running topics that I'm interested in. Um, I had a bit of a phase the last couple of months of doing a lot of solo shows, so if you've been enjoying those, sorry, because the next couple of months we're loaded back up with uh, with some top distance runners from around the world. If, you are, if you're a big fan of Genevieve Lacaz or Genevieve Gregson, she'll be back on next week. Uh, also got Liam Adams in the pipeline and uh, trying to get Nate Robinson, the New Zealand runner, back on board to, uh, to talk about his marathon preparation, his, uh, his, his life in Kenya, training with the best of the best. So a whole heap to look forward, uh, forward to there. If you are connected with a really good runner or someone associated with the sport, let me know. It's amazing how much easier it is to get in contact with some athletes when you just have a, a point of reference. It's not just some uh, random bloke jumping into your inbox asking you to be on the podcast. It's a uh, it's coming from you. So if you have someone that you think might be a good guest, hey, let me know. Shoot me a message on Instagram or hit the contact button on uh, the relaxrunning.com website and uh, and we'll try and line that up. Also, uh, second thing, a little bit of uh, a little bit of curiosity is I'm flirting with the idea of putting together a kids running clinic over a school holiday morning, three hours for the age of eight to thirteen. Um, look, I've got an eighteen month old at home. I can't wait. I love him with all my heart, but I also can't wait for the days where he's old enough to go to a sports clinic and my wife and I can go out for breakfast. Um, you know, without without trying to entertain a kid during the process. If You've either got a sporty kid, uh, it doesn't have to be a runner, it might be a footballer, it might be a soccer player, it might be a little, a little, uh, a little athletics junkie, they're invited, they're more than welcome to come. So it's going to be a, a, an after, oh, sorry, a morning of, it would be games and little running races and stretches and drills and I'm going to organise a, an Olympic athlete to come down for, for an hour or so and the kids can run with him or her, ask certain questions, we'll make sure it's a, a local athlete that all the kids know really well. And uh, it'd just be a really exciting opportunity for, for the kids to hopefully meet one of Australia's great athletes and, and hopefully, uh, all going well, one of their heroes. So wanted to find out whether that would be something that you're interested in, in getting on board with. If, you, um, uh, if you've got a kid like that or if you know a kid like that, jump over to relaxrunning.com, scroll down to the bottom of the homepage and, and just register your interest there. I'm, I'm really just putting out the feelers a little bit to find out whether or not it's something that you're interested in before I, I put it together. So I would love to know uh, what your thoughts are there. But what I wanted to talk about today uh, was, was a little bit different to usual. Mo Farah recently made his return to competition after nine months away from the sport and he finished second to a, to a relatively unknown club runner in the UK by the name of Alice Cross. Now, uh, what was really interesting about this race was, so as I said, Mo had been away from the sport for, for nine months and uh, to finish second in a time of, I think he might have run about 28.45, uh, it's just turned a lot of heads and it's got people asking questions around the future of Mo Farah in the sport. The, the Telegraph actually wrote a pretty scathing review saying that he's 
future in the sport in absolute tatters based on the fact that he was beaten by an unknown runner. And I, I thought there was a couple of points that we could take out of this return that we can apply to, to all of our running performances because I think it's very easy, especially as a journalist or especially as an athlete who's emotionally connected to our own performance, to, to read so far into a, a race that might not have gone how we anticipated um, and and just overblow it. So I understand newspapers, they, they've got to try and sell copies and he's a he's a real uh, cult figure over in the UK and the Daily Telegraph, or sorry, the Telegraph is a uh, is a huge newspaper there. So understand they're trying to sell uh, trying to sell papers. But I thought uh, I thought there was a couple of things that we could take away from this race, which if Mo Farah can apply, we can apply as well. It's a real mindset check. Um, so there was three points that I wanted to cover with that. Uh, let's just jump straight into it. The first one uh, is is simply that we don't always need to be at the peak of our powers. Uh, what, what does that mean? I like to look at boxers in this scenario. Like a boxer might maintain a foundational fitness all throughout the year, and then they maybe blow out a little bit after a fight. But they have that foundation fitness through most of the year, and then and then 12 weeks out from the fight, traditionally, they'll start to really refine. They'll start to taper. They'll start to cut. They'll start to really just get their actual fitness levels, um, you know, a customer client and finally tuned for fight night. The same is true with running. Now, as we already said, he was nine months away from the sport and he's already said that one of his big goals is is just to make a return to the World Championships in Oregon, which starts in, I think it's early July. Uh, so he's still got a couple of months. Now, what I thought was what I thought was really interesting was um, from the outside, we just expect a bloke like Mo Farah, who's a double double Olympic champion. Um, he registered some of the fastest times in the world when he was at his peak a couple of years ago. He's uh, he's got the expectation on his shoulder to come out and win every single time. But I think it's an unrealistic expectation, and 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 more than just being an unrealistic expectation, it's an unhelpful expectation especially if you were him carrying that expectation because to go into a race after nine months away is uh, is no easy feat and uh, and without clarity on what it is that you're actually training for a, a defeat by an unknown club runner could be really disheartening but what I love about Mo is he's already set his vision for two and a half two and a half months down the down the road now to run 28:45 without being a hundred percent certain of his current fitness level is He's not mucking around. I mean, he's not in the worst form of his life. That was obviously a, a road race. Um, so he's got that really nice foundational fitness. So uh, how does this apply to your running? What I was thinking was if if you had a goal race set for yourself, maybe it's the, say if you're here in Victoria in Melbourne, you got the Melbourne Marathon in October. Well, currently we're in May. You don't need to be at the peak of your powers right now. So so many of us get caught up in our minds going, okay, well, uh, you know, the... Uh, the marathon's in October, we've got five months to go. Okay, if we've got five months to go, then surely I should be running you know, X by this particular time. And what's good, it's good to have some certain milestones that we might like to tick off. I think sometimes we can become so rigid at points which is far too early or far too far away from race day, which can just dampen our confidence. It can really uh, dampen our spirit. So have an idea of where it is that your main race of the season is going to be. Maybe you have a couple and you've got a coach that you can work through or you can plan towards those races with and then have little stepping stones along the way. But the idea that you have to be at the top of your powers uh, on on you know every day of the lead up, it's just not only unrealistic, it's impossible. It's just going to leave you disheartened and dispirited. So 
at the end of the race, Mo goes, yeah, well, I mean, it was it was disappointing, but at the end of the day, it's not me at the peak of my powers being beaten. It's me at like an okay level of fitness being beaten. He said if it was uh, if it was me at the peak of my powers being beaten, it would have been really disappointing. But the fact that I know that it's my first race back, I was just grinding off some of the rust. It's it's actually quite uplifting. He said as long as I can constantly and continually improve my performance of today, then the next couple of months is looking really bright. So I think that outside expectation can uh, you know can really dampen our spirits. I'll talk about that in a little more detail soon. The second thing I wanted to mention was that race day fitness is very different to training fitness. I'm sure you're, you're aware of this, like you might have been out and doing some training and um, you can push yourself to a certain extent during a training session, but when that competitive spirit kicks in and um, you're on the start line and, and you're against some finely tuned athletes, it's amazing how much more you're required to draw from yourself. Now, sometimes in, in many ways that can actually be easier when you've got people around you. It's easy to drive faster. It's, sorry, it's easy to run faster. It's easy to drive yourself a little bit harder when you've got people to, to really, um, you know, have to try and keep up with or be competitive with. But the other side of that is it can also really highlight the areas of your game where you, you need to improve. Now, that was what Mo said, and it was just a classic example of someone coming back from a long time away from competitive sport. He said he just didn't feel like he had the gears that he needed. He didn't feel like he had the top end speed. He didn't feel like he um, had much bounce. He just said he didn't feel like uh, that real flowing Mo Farah that we know about. And I thought this was really interesting because those examples uh, of the examples that he gave are just classic examples of someone who is just not race fit, not finely tuned. And, and that's completely fine. I think for a bloke like Mo, it's actually a benefit to him that he felt like that because it shows that there's just so many more elements of his game to work with. But it's so easy when we look at a guy like Mo Farah to say, okay, well, we can justify it for him, but how do I look at that for me? But the, the, the truth is the same for you. Maybe you've been away from the sport for a while. Maybe you haven't raced for a while, or, or maybe you've just returned to racing and you, you've been really disappointed with your outcome or you know you ran a little slower than you thought. Don't be so hard on yourself. I think a lot of the time we uh, we can be very black and white with our thinking going, okay, well, uh, obviously that didn't work out because I'm just not a fast runner and I'm just not talented at this sport. <laughs> it's such a lazy way of thinking really because there's so many elements that goes into a, a good or bad race from you know from diet to recovery to um, race day preparation to, to race day execution. And sometimes just that time away, that rust has built up and you just need a few races. I always remember if I could get out uh, 1500 was usually what I sort of kick-started the season with, or an 800. And I just remember running, uh, for me, I think if I could run about a 155 for the first night of the season and not feel like I was going to die, that was a <laughs> that was an exciting night for me because uh, it was amazing how, how easy a 155 felt to me at the end of the season compared to how it felt at the start of the season. I remember I'd get to the finish line some nights in, well, here in, here in Australia, it would have been sort of late October, early November, I run 155 and I go, oh my gosh, I think I'm going to die. And then uh, it, it wouldn't be too far outside the norm to, you know, go through 800 of a 1500 in 158 and, and be feeling fine. So, hey, be patient with yourself. Race day fitness takes a little while to build. Um, yeah, so you don't need to, uh, you don't need to be too hard on yourself in that department if you haven't been racing for a little while. And the last point that I wanted to touch on is uh, just trying to rule out that outside expectation. Now, I understand some people uh, deliver when it comes to the crunch, when people are placing a lot of pressure on them, and that's fine. 
But the idea of just trying to uh, base your race performance on what someone else expects of you is a, uh, a really disheartening thing. So I think if Mo didn't have the wisdom and the knowledge of his own ability as an athlete and, and understanding of what he's achieved and where he's at in his preparation, he could be really disheartened by articles like what The Telegraph had written about him and what I've seen a lot of coaches and athletes speculating about him on YouTube over the last couple of days. So the same is true for us. We don't need to get too caught up on, uh, on what people are anticipating from us. We just need to get a bit of an idea of, all right, where are we at in our process? Which part of the lead up are we in? Are we in a foundation phase? Are we in a rust busting phase? Are we are we trying to refine? Are we, are we just, you know, trying to have a little bit of clarity of where we're at going into a race? It helps us deal so much more effectively with where we are at the end of the race. So um, the idea of running a minute and a half off your 10K time if you're at the peak of your powers is a little concerning. But the idea of being a minute and a half off your 10K time if you're nowhere near the peak of your powers is pretty much right on par. So uh, the uh, the perspective on those two situations is very different depending on what you know about yourself going into it. So there was just a, a couple of things that were going across my mind this week. I, I thought there was plenty of lessons in that one race that we could take away and both apply to our training and our own mindset for our running performance. So um, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope that was valuable. Short and sweet. As I said, as of next week, we've got a couple of longer form interviews getting back to you. So uh, really looking forward to, to doing those as well. So um, as I always say, if you enjoy the podcast, please leave us a review. Uh, it goes a long way in helping the uh, podcast reach more people. Also, don't forget, check out the kids' clinics. Let me know if you're interested in that. Um, if you're looking for coaching, uh, you know, either one-on-one -on -one for your own distance running or you're a, a, an AFL player, hockey player, soccer player, uh, lacrosse player man we got we got running training plans for uh, for you and your sport so jump over to relaxrunning.com to find all of those and uh, I'll see you all here next week